Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. You know the saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. No, it wasn't built in a day, and it wasn't destroyed in a day, either. No, there were a great many days involved in either process. Rome was never, the Roman Empire was never a good and godly empire and force for good. No. The Roman Empire was just a stage, if you will. And when I say a stage, I don't mean some structure that you get up onto to take part in a drama, a play, or to speak, or such. No. No, there was the Babylonian Chaldaic Empire. And that was overthrown by the Medes and then the Persians. The Medes and the Persians were a mixed empire, if you will. And they took the place. They succeeded the Babylonian Empire, which they overthrew. And then Alexander the Great, Alexander of Macedon, with his Grecian forces, overthrew the empire which the Medes and the Persians had taken from the Babylonians and had built upon a little. And then with the death of Alexander... And what followed that, the warring between generals, where there was not clear succession, and some would say there was, but that it uh, did not transpire according to Alexander's intentions. But he died at a young age, and he did not expect or intend to go at that time. Then the Romans succeeded, took the empire and built upon it and expanded it. But the Roman Empire was always built on, you might say, on strength and power and might and the worship of the same. The worship of strength and might and power and forces, armed forces, was always at the core, always at the foundation of the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was led, you might say, by quite an assortment 
of leaders, of Caesars and such. And some of them were extraordinarily vile and lewd and profane and perverse and sadistic and monstrous. The Caligulas and the Neros and so forth. Others were chiefly warriors instead of these vicious, ruthless, sadistic playboys. But Rome, while it had never been good and godly, I know, perhaps you're saying, wait a minute, what about the adoption of Christianity and so forth? Well, yes, that's where we get Roman Catholicism and the Holy Roman Empire. And... What has come forth from that? But even though Rome was always idol-worshipping and always worshipping things that were not of God, nonetheless, it still became more corrupt and more vile before it fell, before it was overthrown. The United States of America you might say, was never good and godly, was never pristine. You know, the pristine city on the hill that was referred to by the true founders of the nation and referenced by President Ronald Reagan. You could say it was never that. Oh, my gosh, no. There was slavery. There was the blight of slavery. And it was never pristine and perfect and spotless and so on and so forth. No, it never was. But neither was it as vile and lewd and profane as it has become in recent times, courtesy of those who have ruled and reigned in this nation. Democracy was never this ideal, perfect form of government. You know the old saw about that democracy is the worst form of government there is, except every other form. Words to that effect. But from the true founding of this nation by the pilgrims, by the Puritans, by those who sacrificially jeopardized themselves, their families and loved ones, to found this nation out of what it was at that time. And I know we are, well, not we perhaps, but the children, the young people, have been carefully indoctrinated now for so long that it was this Shangri-La, this peaceful, tranquil, lovely, loving virginal Garden of Eden instead of what it was. 
that the inhabitants were the most noble of people, the most peace-loving of people. There were, dare I use the term Indians, not to be confused with Indian Indians, you know, Native Americans. There were Indian tribes, Indian peoples that were far more peaceful than others. There were others that were far more savage and ruthless and brutal and sadistic and torturous and murderous than others. But the pilgrims and the Puritans bravely, courageously, sacrificially founded this nation. Were there others that came strictly to enrich themselves and to exploit this continent? Of course, of course, because there is no race, no nationality, no people group on the face of the earth that has a corner on the market on righteousness, on godliness, on virtue. And wickedness and vileness and lewdness and profaneness and viciousness and destructiveness can be found everywhere in the world. That's why these ridiculous claims, these character assassinations of the Jewish people that have been used down through the ages as reason, as motivation to persecute them and destroy them is so false. Yes, there are the Jared Kushners. Oops, did I say that? Yes, there are the Jared Kushners. And the Anheuser Bowers, Amschel, pardon me, Amschel Bowers. No, the one who changed his family name to Rothschild and was a very, very, very different kind of founding father. Not in this nation, but in Europe but with designs upon the entire world, even as Muhammad had his designs upon this world. But Rome wasn't built in a day, and the United States of America wasn't built in a day. And Rome didn't fall in a day, per se. It wasn't destroyed, overthrown in a day. Nor has the United States of America been overthrown and destroyed in a day. It only takes one day, in many cases, for an ultimate battle to be determined. For a pivotal battle to be won or lost, and for the outcome following that 
to be the fall of a city, of a state, of a nation. But this nation, the United States of America, to use a figure of speech that Judge Bork used, has been sliding to Gomorrah for ages now. And it is very, very, very well on its way. And that's one of those things that's always irked me, you might say, to use a non-word word, about Fox News, this matter of the fair and balanced. So you take a nation that's in decay, a great nation, a nation inspired by God, sacrificially created by worshipers of the true God, which has been under assault for decades and is being corrupted and ruined and destroyed and perverted, undermined at every turn. And is being controlled at so many different junctions and so many different levels by the great world planners and their minions, and in which communications at that time were virtually in lockstep with the major media networks. And so you create a new news network and you decide it's going to be fair and balanced. It's going to cover the spectrum. It's going to tell everybody's story. If I had had the money, if I had been able to start something, not vast fortunes, but enough money to start it, I would have done it very differently. And I can say that with integrity because I did start creating producing, hosting television programs in the Washington, D.C. area, but not professionally, not gainfully. But despite that, they were so threatening to the people on the left that they pulled out all stops to stop me. And, of course, the people on the right, they couldn't be bothered to help. But That's long ago, far away. But I never believed in this slop, this nonsense about, now let's give everybody's opinion and everybody's version of the story. No. My only intent was to speak the truth, not to adulterate it with all of the lies. So I never agreed with the concept of Fox News. And it's ironic, I mean, as far as the fall of certain individuals there, it's been a long time coming. And part of the reason it's been such a long time coming is because it was never as great a threat as it could have, would have, should have been because it was so neutralized and operated as it did. But 
I'm sure you probably have come across instances, forgetting Roman Catholicism, per se, but instances within the so-called Christian church, which casts a very broad net, a very wide net, and takes in the whole gamut from the traditional churches to the charismatic Pentecostal churches and the evangelistic churches in the midst. But again, back to the traditional churches, all of the different flavors of Baptist churches and Methodist and Lutheran and Presbyterian and over to Episcopal and then over to Unitarian and Universalist and all these other things. So there's a range that includes absolutely unmistakably apostate churches all the way over to the best. And when I say the best, I'm not meaning going back over to the charismatic. When I say the best, I mean those that have a heart for God, a heart for truth. Those who believe in obeying God and attempting to obey God and seeking to serve God and honor God. It's always bothered me that people in the church, in the Roman Catholic institution, and within the Protestant church, that there are any number of people who will blindly contribute funds to this church body or that church body, to this denomination or that non-denomination, to this religious institution or that one, headed up by this minister or this pastor or this whomever, even though there is rampant evidence that the leadership is ungodly, unrighteous, unfaithful. And they will, they will justify this. They will say something to the effect of, well, they're accountable to God. My responsibility, my accountability is just to give, to tithe, to give, to give offerings, whatever, and God will hold them responsible. He will hold them accountable for whatever they're doing, you know, for all of those horrible things they're doing, and for their complete, utter, total, willful failure to refuse to serve God, obey God, honor God, to refuse to speak up for those who are being led to the slaughter, That's God's responsibility. No, it's not. It's our responsibility. It's one thing if some good and godly people are deceived through no fault of their own. Due to the deception and deceit the cunningness, the cleverness, the craft of the wicked ones, and they 
continue to give to this church or this denomination, what have you, and continue to stay there and remain a member there, so-called member, this whole thing about membership another day. But they choose to stay there. They say that they believe that that's their responsibility to God is to stay there and be an influence for good. You know, it's like those who insist that wherever they are in life, it's they're not it's not their responsibility to ever say anything on behalf of God or or anything of that ilk because their witness is just what lovely people they are. They don't use those terms, but they they glisten instead of sweat. They just are a wonderful influence that will draw people to God because they are so winsome and appealing and, you know, they don't sully themselves by ever saying anything, but which would be offensive to these people. Just as Billy Graham always insisted on being inoffensive and he insisted on having access Instead of power, he insisted on having access with all of these ungodly leaders like Lyndon Baines Johnson and all of the others that he had all kinds of carte blanche access to and whom he never managed to influence. Not that he could have influenced Johnson, but but those that were not evil he might have been able to have some influence on, some godly influence on, but he chose not to, and he chose not to in his evangelizing. He chose not to in his preaching. He chose to absolutely steer clear of all of those things. Now, in his very, very, very last years, then he did finally, ever so exceedingly belatedly, make some very mild-mannered remarks. But concerning societal evils against God and his children and his kingdom uh, in the form of induced abortion. But it is our responsibility where we give, what we give. And as I've mentioned before, the left, the extreme left, the world planners, they have so much of the world's wealth in their pocket. Yes, it's true that the cattle on a thousand hills and the beasts of the forest belong to the Lord, as do all of the mineral resources, as do all of the precious metals and precious stones and precious substances. It all belongs to God, but notwithstanding the vast majority of it, seems to have found its way into the vaults of the evil who use it to the destruction of the good. And I don't expect these leftists to ever do anything beneficial and beneficent and benevolent except as a smokescreen for the evil that they really desire to do. But 
it's disappointing to me that good and godly people who do have vast resources at their disposal are so often less than as careful with the distribution of those resources as they should be. John Kennedy is given credit for, <laughs> as, as was Abraham Lincoln, for one biblical scripture after another, which he plagiarized, and of course, well, goes back to PT 109 and, and other things, but um, back to his thesis in college, which became a bestseller and was ghostwritten and so forth, but uh, akin to Martin Luther King Jr.'s and so forth. But one of them that is attributed to Kennedy, various versions are, to whom much is given, the more shall be required. Or a slang version of that would be uh, that rank has privileges, but rank has responsibilities, and the various varieties of that. But in a world and in a nation which is so heavily influenced by evil, it is not adequate to give precious resources to organizations which at their heart, at their core, in their history, in their DNA, in their leadership, there is evil. It's not adequate to do that. It's not responsible to do that. It's not godly to do that. It may be charitable in the sense of the IRS description of charity. But charity is supposed to be love. And if you love the Lord your God with even a measure of all of your heart and soul and mind and strength, you're not going to be giving your treasure to those who have a track record of evil. And yet, and yet, we have people in this nation who do that. At a time in which this nation hangs in the balance to take precious resources and to give them to organizations which are supposedly charitable foundations in and of themselves, charitable organizations in and of themselves, but which have a history of evil or which have that history. It may not be exactly ancient. It may be more recent, but of political leftism promoting and supporting evil. Those aren't the kinds of organizations to give to any more than giving to a church that has a wicked pastor, a wicked leader, a wicked ruler. 
that's not what we're supposed to be doing. And for those of us who have no faith in God, no faith in Christ, then I would recommend holding off on, if they have resources, hold off on giving too much until they know what they're doing. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done, in case you missed the initial introduction. Perchance you saw uh, the latest news that North Korea now has launched multiple rockets, which, according to South Korean sources, are land-to-ship missiles. Now this... On the heels of my referring to the United States Navy's operations off of North Korea, these battle groups, these naval groups that are on routine naval operations, but which we have posted there and en route, including the aircraft carriers USS Nimitz and USS Carl Vinson and USS Ronald Reagan and destroyers USS Kidd and USS Shoup, USS Pinckney and USS Howard and cruiser USS Princeton. We currently have, including those that are en route, we currently have three Nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, 12 destroyers, two cruisers, all in the same area of the Pacific Ocean. And as I mentioned on the previous program, is this going to be just a classic game of chicken, or does the United States intend to do something other than to attempt to bluff the North Korean communist regime of the latest in the Kim line, Kim Jong-un. Yes, I know that's not the proper pronunciation, but it, I think, is entirely fitting. But uh, he is a chip off the old block, as he has shown himself to be with murdering this one and that one and the other one, including relatives and all of those he views as a possible threat. What is going to transpire? Yes, our Defense Secretary Mattis said that the consequences of any military option, any military solution, would, he fears, be... Absolutely terrible. He used different words than that. The other day I referred to unthinkable. Not unthinkable. It was fill in the gap with with whatever term you prefer. Unspeakably terrible. uh, Unimaginable. That the consequences would be. The consequences. He didn't specify whether he meant the consequences to North Korea and the North Korean people, or the consequences 
for South Korea and the South Korean people and Japan and the Japanese people and Taiwan and the Chinese people there, or all of them put together. He did not specify. Uh, He instead was very general in his remarks, to put it mildly. But anyway, United States now, surprise, surprise, is being faced with an additional threat, and this time in the form of North Korea now firing missiles, dry runs, trials of missiles that would be used against the U.S. naval fleet there. The last two programs, I said the following... How long do you suppose it will be before all Western nations, and that would be including the USA, surrender their national sovereignty, yield their national autonomy to a one-world regime for the collective good, for the greater good? How long will it be? Well, in Europe, of course, we have the European Union, and so forth. I mean, really, truly, the nations in the continent of Europe, Western Europe, essentially did already cede control of their nations. As did UK, but UK, of course, is attempting to pull that back, to retract that. And the great world planners, ever since the Brexit vote, the great world planners have been doing everything in their power to prevent that. Just as the great world planners, those of theirs present here in the United States of America and elsewhere, have been doing everything in their power to bring Donald Trump down even before he took office. And of course, he's been helping them greatly with all manner of self-inflicted damage, just as he did during the campaign. He was woefully unfit to be the nominee, and he's woefully unfit to be president. But at the same time, how many righteous, wise, godly, courageous Christian leaders have we had at the helm of this nation during the past? Couple hundred years. How many have we had? Really? Well, I would suggest you can, you know, count them on the fingers of a couple hands at the absolute most. And the only one during the past more than half a century was Ronald Reagan, and, of course, there are many who question his Christianity and so on and so forth for a variety of reasons. Now, I mentioned with regard to this the, pertaining to the world planners and their end game, their end game not being Islamist worldwide enslavement or hegemony, but not that, 
but their own hegemony, their own worldwide enslavement. And again, it goes back to Rothschild, to Amschild Bauer, who took the name Rothschild or Red Shield. A Jew, but also he seems to have direct connection, direct lineage with Nero Caesar. It's funny, years ago I saw an image, a bust of Nero Caesar, and my first reaction to it was, I thought it was hysterically funny. And the reason for that is this, is because he was an, the bust that I saw, the photo of the bust of Nero that I saw, was a dead ringer for William Jefferson Clinton, for Bill Clinton, an absolute dead ringer for him. And... At first, I thought it was a hoax. But it turned out to be actual. Now, that's not to say that that bust was necessarily the most accurate depiction of Nero at whatever point in time that was. But it was breathtaking. The resemblance was absolutely breathtaking. And, of course, we're supposed to believe that Nero Caesar committed suicide, just like we're supposed to believe that Adolf Hitler committed suicide. Even though there is no evidence to that effect, and even though the nature of these two extremely sadistic vicious, ruthless, satanic individuals militates utterly and totally against their having done that. And that's not to mention the enormous amount of evidence of of Hitler's having made it to South America and to Argentina and Paraguay and so forth and But, uh, I digress, and evidence from that has been withheld by the FBI and so forth, going way back to very shortly after World War II. But when I was referring to the great world planners and their schemes, which have been realized to such an enormous extent, And referring to North Korea, that the bloody red communist Chinese regime of Xi Jinping and the Russian bear, Russian Federation of Vladimir President for Life, Putin, that they are the puppeteers. They are the ones who hold the strings. They are the ones. who have control of North Korea. North Korea is a straw man. A straw man. And is being used 
cleverly. Now, Russia and China do not represent the world planners that I've been referring to. They don't. The elitist fascist world planners, not the same as the elitist fascist Vladimir Putin or the communist red Chinese regime. All of them are socialist at the core, at the foundation. Communism, fascism, Islamo-fascism, all of it at the core is socialism. And the great world planners, one thing that they work towards, along with all of the rules of socialism, communism, one thing they work towards is making all nations socialist. It's just a stage. It's just a step in their development towards the one world regime. And they use the Islamofascists. Even as they use these other trumped-up Excuses for why nations must dissolve and become part of the one great Darth Vaderian mass. So global climate change, which there has always been, and overpopulation, supposedly. And a water crisis, water wars will be erupting shortly. But there were water wars in the West, in the Western United States long ago. It's not something new. Pandemics, which Prince Philip is so fond of and wants to be a part of. At least wistfully refers to that he wishes that he could. And all these other things. And violent crime. Anything and everything. And of course famine. and What have you. But, and the pollution of the planet. All of these things. It's just so many tentacles. All in the same plan. To bring about. Capitulation by the individual nations. To one regime which will destroy the earth, not save the earth, destroy the earth, destroy the peoples of the earth. This one anti-God, anti-humane, anti-people, but also anti-animal <laughs> regime. It's even as the extreme leftist socialist agenda for the United States of America, all of the different elements, all of the different tentacles, which are never recognized as being all parts of the same evil body. 
induced abortion, prostitution, pornography, and increasingly vicious, hateful, torturous, murderous pornography. Sexual perversion, the rampant promotion of sodomy, legalization of sodomites adopting children, legalization of sodomites purportedly marrying, engaging in this perversion of marriage, this obscene, monstrous perversion of marriage that would be funny if it weren't so terrible. Euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide, so-called, mercy-killing, so-called. Together with elimination of capital punishment, no capital punishment, no execution, let alone swift execution for the most evil, hateful, murderous, torturous destroyers in this nation and in the Western nations, all of the Western nations, even while here in the United States of America, judges sitting on their thrones order people, often young women have been the recipients of this, order them to be starved to death by court order with state troopers at the door, denied food, denied water until they die a torturous death. It has been going on for decades. The induced abortion industry And all of the cover-ups, the lies, refuting the abortion breast cancer link. The increased incidence, greatly increased incidence of breast cancer for girls and women who have undergone induced abortion. Especially for induced abortion of their first baby, and their first and second, and their first and second and third. And there's all manner of science, and but you don't even need to know the science. It is intuitive. This is directly short-circuiting the natural bodily function of the pregnant woman. Oh, but that doesn't have any effect. Well, combine that with the promotion of the use of of contraceptives by women and girls. Oh, but no, instead it's, you know, all these other things, bleach and all these things. And yet even to this day, the great experts who are so well-funded, not only by the extreme left, but by the conservative Christians, while they deny the truth, they insist on the promotion of these evils. Promotion of dual mastectomies, which they call prophylactic mastectomies. Go get maimed so that you won't 
contract this disease. And, the, and then after enough time goes by, well, then this expert and that expert will say, well, there's actually no virtue, no value in having dual mastectomies because, in fact, it usually only affects one breast and this is unnecessary and so on. So they keep promoting these evils. But the great world planners, they will use all manner of evils to decay this nation, to corrupt and decay this nation from within, and then strike to destroy it. Even as Rome was worn down, weakened, impoverished, overextended, to maintain its vast empire, its vast borders, and then was finally, fatefully, fatally destroyed, overthrown. So yes, they will use Islamo-fascist terrorism, and they have, and they will continue to, and they will use the Russian bear, and communist red China. But the ultimate enslavement is from the world planners. See, Russia and China, they will divvy up the world, but they won't unite and control it all. They all join forces against a common foe that is the United States of America, as they did during the Korean War, as they did during Korean War 2.0, known as the Vietnam War. But the ultimate worldwide hegemony, the ultimate worldwide enslavement, is not from the Islamofascists, terrible as they are, evil as they are, not from the Russian bear and the communist Chinese Red Army, it is from the world planners who control the UN and everything that's attached to it, such as NATO and so forth. And as E. Manningham Butler, head of MI5, back in June 2003 stated, it will only be a matter of time before a crude chemical, biological, or radiological Attack is launched on a major Western city. It's only a matter of time before this nation falls and thereby all of the Western nations, all of the free nations fall unless something drastically changes here in the United States of America, drastically changes for the better. And Donald Trump does not represent that. (laughs) And I know people get so concerned and they become desperate and they're grasping at straws for somebody, anybody that represents a change from the Barack Hussein Obamas and the Hillary Rodham Clintons and all of their cabal. I understand that. I get that. But to then do what they do, 
You know, in movies, in drama, in theater, it's a matter of we suspend our disbelief. Well, these good and godly people, they suspend their rationale. (laughs) And they accept a lie. Absent godly wisdom, no leader is truly fit to lead. An absent faith in God, fear of the Lord, there cannot be even the beginning of godly wisdom, according to God's word. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.